Welcome to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a Ball Blast football production. Here are your hosts, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp. Oh my gosh. What is on my screen right now? I can't even tell you guys what I'm looking at. It is terrifying. Uh, it is surprising to say the least. Uh, man, if you're not if you're not watching on YouTube, you're doing it wrong. You got to go check out the Matt Okada mustache that does not does not exist anymore. I, I I'm so lost for words. I don't even know who I am anymore. John's terrified. We're just so confused. Okada, are you okay? Because the last time I saw you without a mustache was over a year ago, and I don't even know what to think. <laughs> I don't even know who you are anymore. Well, there's two things that I have to say. One is that if they're not doing it on YouTube, then it doesn't really do them that much good to come see because they never saw me with the mustache. So it's just they could go back and watch. watch that's the true. Episode. They could do that. <laughs> two, my my main interest right now is to see you with a mustache because now seeing me without one, I feel like we're you know the same now. And now I want to see what you would look like with one to see how different that would be. So. It, it doesn't help that you guys wear, like, the exact same clothing every single time we record. Uh, um, I'm just happy that Betts is all freshly <laughs> lined up with his his uh, his new do, and he decided to leave the white snapback off for a day. Otherwise, you guys would just be, you know, Okada would basically just like look like a slightly jaundiced version of Matthew Betts. True. Um, True. That's all that would be happening. I need one of those ring lights. God. You know, his fancy... You do. Uh, you do. Uh, yes, John is so jealous. Okada and I text each other before the show every week. Mm. Hey, man, uh, which hat today and what shirt are you wearing? True. So we can look good together on camera. And clearly, if you're not watching on YouTube, you're missing out. So go check it out. Because, I mean, guys, this new haircut. I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. Uh, it's pretty so average. Humble. All right. So humble. Yes, hey, thank where, you. Where are, your, uh, John's... where are your big old headphones? Oh, yeah. New headphones. Oh, yeah. I just realized. So I've had these for a little while. My other ones are unfortunately charging. They were dead. Wow. Oh. And as to not delay the production of this great podcast, I had to just go with the, the earbuds. Meanwhile, today. So, the uh, non-YouTubers nope. are just like, what is this show? Can we please get to a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we should Sorry, probably talk some football at some point yeah, today. Yeah, uh, but, but hey, if you're watching on YouTube, just if you don't mind, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Mm. It would mean a lot to us. Really do appreciate it. But let's get to football, boys. We are entering week six, and the NFL season just continues to truck along. We were recording this on Tuesday afternoon. There's Tuesday night football. I don't even know what's happening oh, this man. season. It has been a whirlwind. But all that said, we'll react to what happened in week five, look ahead to week six, and talk about the dynasty landscape. Before we do, remind everyone, you can find us on social media at Pod. Of course, you can follow us uh, on Instagram as well. You can also follow the show accounts for Ball Blast Football at BallBlastFB. And don't forget to support the show on Patreon. Patreon.com slash BallBlast is the place for that if you want extra podcasts. A little sports betting. I'm crushing player props right now. It's been so fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and other other good things like the Slack channel, which Okada said last time. Like, it's just, I mean, you have a group of people that love Dynasty football more than anything in this world and love to talk football more than anything in this world in that Slack channel. And, and it's just fantastic. So check it out. Uh, obviously, we have zero bias about that. None. All right, boys, should we get into the news? Yes. yes. I got great news, guys. Oh, oh, news. Hey, news. 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 We will get to injuries in a bit, but first, let's talk about what's going on with the Niners, boys, because Woo! Jimmy G looked 
quite bad this mm. past week. It was his first game back from the high ankle sprain. Got benched at halftime for C.J. Beathard in in a game where the Dolphins just blew them out of the water. Uh, I don't think I envision myself saying that sentence nope. in 2020. What a game. But let's break it down. What are your thoughts on, on the Niners here as you look forward to week six? Jimmy G is not healthy. And it affected, apparently, his ability to plant and throw. And it's not going to last like that. He is a quarterback that, if nothing else, and as fantasy analysts and players and managers, I think we're actually biased in the wrong direction on this on Jimmy G. If nothing else, he wins games and he does it well. Like, better than the majority of quarterbacks in the NFL over the past few years. And while we may not be super excited about him for fantasy, he is going to be the 49ers quarterback. Absolutely no question. So he just needs to get healthy. And I'm not too concerned about the rest of the team from a fantasy standpoint, either in the meantime or when he gets back. Yeah. Um, all the clamoring for a quarterback controversy in San Francisco is not going to happen. No. There isn't one. It's it's still Jimmy G's job. It was, quote unquote, to protect Jimmy um, in that game, which quite frankly, they just got boat raced out of the stadium, um, with a Wild. terrible showing on defense. Um, you know, they, they, they have nobody, nobody's healthy on that team, like at all. And Miami put together probably their best performance that we've seen out of this, this organization and boat raced them. And, and if he wasn't healthy, putting him back in there, you know, at the time they were down like what 35 to 3 or something like that at the half 35 10 maybe i can't remember exactly what it was um it just wasn't going to do any good so they're just like all right let's just give another week to rehab this thing and then see where we're at uh going forward from there there is no controversy it's not cj bethard please don't go trade for cj bethard no. um no don't You're trade away do jimmy g like just 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 wait just wait. It's fine. Yeah, better days better days ahead for sure. I'm buying Debo Samuel. Um, of course, we love Brandon Ayuk here on the show. Mm -hmm. Still buy him. But I'm also buying Debo Samuel. He's still getting worked back in uh, into the rotation. The first week back, barely played, barely saw the ball. Played over 80% of the snaps this past week as he comes back from his foot injury that he got in the offseason. So stay the course with Debo. And if anyone's worried about him, go buy him. I'm going to put this statement out there, though, guys. Just kind of stepping away from Dynasty into real-life NFL. Um, I don't think the Niners are making the playoffs this year. Ooh, what are your thoughts wait. on that? Because hey. they are two and two right now, and the schedule ahead. I'll read off the names in a yeah. second. The schedule ahead is terrifying. Yeah, yeah, it is so bad. Let me read it off real quick, and then you guys can kind of give your take. So the Niners have this week the Rams. Then they play the Patriots. Then they go to Seattle to play the MVP and Russell Wilson. Mm. Packers, Saints, Rams again. Then the Bills, and that takes us all the way through. Till December 7th of the calendar. I mean, there's probably three to four wins over the course of that time. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Like, we're looking at a, at a 500 team, in my opinion, here, come season's end. Which is uh, not close to get, getting it done in that division. No. no. This is not the NFC East where a 500-win team <laughs> is literally the division hey, leader. Hey, you're giving too much credit. A 7-9 and nine team is going to win that division this year. Um. Yes, Okada, we are. You and I, Go Eagles. When we did our midnight <laughs> recording lunacy like the night before the mm -hmm. season started, and we did our predictions for the entire season. Mm -hmm. Now, now you can't. 
no one victory laps injuries. We're not doing that. San Francisco's sure. obviously had a ton of them. But mm-hmm. we talked about it in that show. I kind of talked about a Super Bowl hangover potentially being a thing. They had everything work right for them last year. Coming off a season where they were, two years ago, one of the worst defenses in the NFL to go to one of the best. Seems like it was a bit of a quick turnaround. And then they traded away Arik Armstead before the season started. Um, I had some concerns about them going into the season, not victory lapping the injuries, which obviously no one can predict. And they've had more than their share. Um, But this is a very, very tough division. And if you fall behind a little bit, it's going to be really, really hard to climb your way back, not only to the top of the division, but to a wildcard spot. Because at least the Rams are well on their way to securing you know, one of the top two spots in this division. And I think two teams from this division are making the playoffs, potentially three if Arizona kind of rights the ship and keeps things rolling. Um, it's not good times for Niners fan. And I'm not just saying that as a uh, Seahawk truther here. It's uh, it's not Although looking you, good. You say it with a little bit more. Uh, I got a little bit of a smile. Happiness. Not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right, boys. Moving on. Atlanta. I mean, man, they have fired Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov. They are looking like they are a team that is going to go. I don't know, two and fourteen, three and thirteen, maybe. I mean, they look they look bad on defense, and certainly uh, the offense has a lot to be desired, so to speak. But, boys, let's break it down. I mean, both of those guys are out, the head coach and the GM. Are they just blowing it up? Are they moving on and saying, all right, let's be rebuilt and let's move on to next year? And if so, if that is your take, I mean, what are we doing with guys like Julio Jones or Matt Ryan in Dynasty? I think it's tough to say a team is going to blow it up when their two best players, arguably three best players, all on offense, are Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Todd Gurley, who are all in the waning parts of their career rather than the up-and-coming parts of their career. Like, this is not Dynasty where you can just sell all those assets and get a ton of picks. You're not going to trade away Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Todd Gurley and come away with a super awesome rebuild. I think they're kind of stuck with... I mean, to be fair, Todd Gurley's not a long-term thing, but the other two are, and... I think they just have to figure out how to get start start winning. And to be fair, like this team can win. Mm-hmm. This is th- this team has been squandered over the past few years. They squandered the single greatest squandering of a game ever, and ever since then they have squandered season after season. So I think it can get better. I think Dan Quinn has made a lot of mistakes. Uh, I think he's a worse coach than Bill O'Brien, who got fired. So I think they can be back on the up and up. Harsh, um, so. but I don't disagree. Um, yeah, Thomas Dimitrov is a pretty good general manager, so I was kind of curious as to why they went away from him. Yeah. Like, I kind of I got the Dan Quinn firing, but Dimitrov getting fired, I was like, really? Like, he's he's done a pretty good job with roster construction. They battled a lot of injuries. Um, you know, I, I think that it should have maybe just been a coaching change, but regardless. What we're hearing out of uh, Arthur Blank, the owner there for the Atlanta Falcons, is that they're going to wait to get the new regime in place before making any big decisions in terms of the roster. So for right now, they're not going to go tear it down this week and go try to sell, you know, Matt Ryan to the Niners like that. That's not going to happen. So, like, let's just sit tight and see what happens with this roster. Um, it 
if someone's panicking about any of those offensive assets, try to go buy them. Um, I would be looking to acquire Julio, who I don't think is washed. He's just hurt. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that he's still got plenty left in the tank if he gets right. So I would find it hard to believe if, if Julio Jones and Matt Ryan aren't on this roster come next season. I think that a new coaching staff and a new general manager are going to look at defense first and try to get that corrected, knowing that they've got an offense that has, you know, what, all first-round picks <laughs> on the field at one time. Yep. So, yeah, I think that they're a talented roster. I think that they're not really all that far away if they can get the defense squared from kind of turning this thing around. Yeah, I mean, they should have won two or three games already yep. this season, right? If it wasn't for horrible luck and horrible decision-making, they should be there. Um, but you just can't count out Nick Foles in any game. So, True. yeah, that's what happens when you go against Nick Foles against uh, anyone, apparently, including Tom Brady yep. last Thursday night. Uh, but regardless, yeah, the, the best, the best, I think, moment of the NFL season was Tom Brady not knowing it was fourth down. <laughs> it was amazing. But Listen, man, aside from system that, quarterback, it's, Falcons, it's all Bill Belichick, you know? It's all, it's all <laughs> Bill. It's all Bill. <laughs> apparently. Uh, but back to the Falcons, like, yeah, I mean, I think there are better days ahead with this offense in general. And I will say, too, you know, people are, are always kind of thinking about Dynasty and how it relates to NFL teams. But in reality, like we want the, the Falcons to be a trash defense, which they mm. are. And it means good things for the passing attack, like we've been saying all offseason and early in the season. So, yeah, I'm buying the bounce back for whenever Julio gets back on the field. And certainly that'll elevate everyone around him, including Matt Ryan specifically. Fellas, what a moment Sunday. Alex Smith back oh, on an NFL yeah. field. Like, I, so happy. So, so, so happy. For Alex Smith, who obviously almost lost his leg and lost his life in the past uh, two years or so, back on the field. However, I think you could see the effects, right? Like, didn't look very mobile in the pocket, and certainly, you know, with a, with an injury like he had, where he almost lost his leg, he actually had to have a muscle graft where you take the muscle off of a different part of your body and recreate it for your shin muscles, and so that's going to be weaker than anyone else's like for the rest of his life. It's not saying he can't be okay. He just can't be maybe what he was five years ago. And so you saw it. It was a great moment. But do you guys think they actually give him any run this year? Or is it back to Kyle Allen? Or, gosh, maybe Dwayne Haskins in the future? I mean, I just I don't even know what to do with the quarterback room there in Washington. It's tough to say because they made the wrong choice already. So it's hard to figure out the right choice. Like we said it when they benched Haskins. that I, I thought that was super dumb. Same. Um, you, yeah. What are you getting out of Kyle yeah. Allen for the future that you're not going to get out of Dwayne Haskins? You pick top 15 in the draft. I just don't know. So I do think it's more likely to go back to Kyle Allen than to run with Alex Smith. And I am 50-50 on whether they get fed up with Kyle Allen after a few weeks, which is likely to happen, and go back to Haskins. So it's really hard to tell. The one nice thing is I honestly feel okay with Terry McLaurin with any of these three quarterbacks. Uh, granted, I would like to them to pick one because it's probably better that they just build the proper chemistry. Um, but I'm not freaking out about the offense regardless. No. Um, yeah, I have no idea what they're going to do in that quarterback room at all. Uh, to me, it's not even worth hazarding a guess. Like, it's not nope. anything that I really care to figure out because mm. I don't want any of the quarterbacks for fans. Yes. Like, it's not – I, I don't really care, and I think that Terry – is going to see like the same volume and the same efficiency with whoever's under center. So um, it's a dumpster fire. They don't have their long-term quarterback on roster. 
Um, I think that they've proven that in terms of Dwayne Haskins. Um, they could have had Tua and decided not to. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's Justin Fields next year in the draft. Another Ohio State quarterback, the successor to the one that they currently have on their roster uh, that ends up going to Washington. I don't know. Um, this offense is a dumpster fire. This team is kind of a dumpster fire with a really good defensive front, but they can't seem to put anything together. Um, I want Terry, and that's the only piece of the Washington football team that I care to have in fantasy football. Well, breaking news. Um, I just realized that I traded for Dwayne Haskins in one of my dynasty <laughs> leagues. While you guys were talking, I looked at my phone, and I forgot I did this. That's funny. After he was benched, actually, Okada, it's in the league that you and I play in together. I made this trade with your sister. Oh, nice. <laughs> I forgot hey, it went Meg. through. <laughs> yes. Hello, Meg. Uh, we made a great trade, in my opinion. I traded a 2020, uh, 2022 third-round pick, so not even this year, the year after his third-round pick to Superflex League for Dwayne Haskins. Sure. She put him on, on the block, and I said, what the heck? Mm, like, yeah. I'm still not out on Dwayne Haskins as a quarterback. I'm out on him in Washington. I think his... If he is going to be relevant for us or relevant in the NFL, it's not going to be with Washington because, I mean, that team just did him wrong. Like, benching him so early against good defenses where he really didn't play very well, and then all of a sudden came out and threw for 300 yards against the Ravens, and they yeah. were like, yep, sorry, buddy. 300 against that's, the that's Ravens the game we're going to pull the plug on. I don't get that at all. So I, I'm buying Haskins for cheap, slash have already bought him for cheap, <laughs> which I just found out. Uh, and I would, I mean, for a quarterback at that price, yeah. I'm doing it in Dynasty. I'm not sure what your guys' thoughts are on that, but just wanted to put that out there because I thought it was funny. I looked at my phone. I was like, oh, yeah, forgot I have him. Yeah, I mean, definitely uh, at right. that price. Yeah, yeah, at that price, is so cheap. Why not? On to the injury updates, guys. Dak Prescott, uh, by now everyone knows the injury. So tough to see. I mean, the guy, the, the contract situations, the guy playing some of the best football he's probably played in the NFL to this point, especially statistically speaking. Uh, out for the year, high ankle sprain with a, uh, a dislocation and a, a fracture of the lower leg bones. This is actually the exact same injury Alex Smith had, but I want to caution everyone, this is not going to be the same recovery. Alex Smith's situation was uh, one in a million type of situation, so that will not happen. Dak Prescott will be fine. He will be back on the field probably for the start of summer next year, and we'll be ready for week one. So if you're looking at you know Dynasty making a run at him, especially in Superflex leagues, if you're rebuilding, I have zero concerns about the health limiting Dak Prescott in the future. But guys, I'm going to kick it back to you. Uh, what are we doing with Dak just given the uncertainty? He's on the franchise tag this year. People are saying maybe the Cowboys will pay him, maybe not. I mean, what are your thoughts here on, on Dak's value in Superflex Leagues? It's, uh, it's a buy now situation if you are looking to rebuild, no question. He, I don't care if he goes somewhere else. He's still going to be good. Mm -hmm. And... Even if he goes somewhere else and isn't as good because, well, he almost certainly wouldn't be actually because this Cowboys weaponry is so incredible and we've seen what he was doing this year and he's not going to find that almost anywhere else. The reduced price of no season it, for anyone who's a contender that has him is going to be, you know, going to make it fair and and palatable um, for wherever he goes. But if he does come back to the Cowboys, so that that's worst case. Mm -hmm. If he does come back to the Cowboys, which is a very high chance, I think, then you're getting not only the reduced price, but you all of a sudden have a top three quarterback next year and in the you know in the near future. Um, so I'm 100% doing that. I actually am a contender in one league, and another team is 0-5, and, 
And I am looking to get Baker Mayfield plus from him for Dak because I need to win. Now my team is 100% built to win a championship this year. And that's the kind of move that I'm looking to make. So if I'm on the other side of that, it's also the kind of move I'm looking to make. And that's really interesting because I am on the opposite side of that with a middle of the road team, not an over, but I'm two and three um, after this week. And I just completed a trade with our business partner, Michelle Majuk, mm. uh, for Dak Ooh. Prescott. I sent DJ Moore a mm-hmm. 2021 first, mm-hmm. which is probably going to be a mid first theoretical who knows i hate projecting first round picks especially this year with all the injuries and all the weirdness who knows what it's going to be scratch that part it's just a 2021 first and because she's a Steelers homer she was like will you throw in anthony mcfarland and i'm like sure um so i threw anthony mcfarland on the back (laughs) of that as well to get dak um in a team or in a roster where i am quarterback light and i'm not competing this year and i don't have to address it next I will have Baker Mayfield and Dak Prescott, ironically, nice. Um, nice. as my quarterbacks next year. Um, and that was a price that I feel good paying. So I think yep. that Dak is going to be a top three to five guy again. Um, I don't think that he plays on a second tag. He will hold out, I think, instead of go back on the field if they're going to try and tag him a second time. So I think that Dallas needs to figure out if they're going to be able to reach a long-term agreement, which is going to be very expensive. And you need to come at him with good money, um, especially because, you know, of everything that just happened with the injury in order yep. for that to happen. Or they're going to have to be like, hey, we'll tag and trade you to someone else that will then work out a long-term extension. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all unfolds. Uh, who knew that we'd have three straight years of uh, Dak Prescott contract drama? But here we are. And uh, we'll see what, what next year looks like. I hate the injury for him. Yeah. It absolutely sucks. You know, best, yep. best wishes to the guy on a, on a quick recovery. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I have zero concerns that any team is going to line up to pay Dak, Dak Prescott 45 to $50 million a year. I have zero concerns. Kirk Cousins got $88 million guaranteed money. Dude. And clearly that hasn't worked out. Uh, Dak is a great quarterback. He's shown that he can win and he's productive when he's on the field. I have zero concerns that, that a team is going to come willing to pay him lots and lots of money. So I'm buying in every single format if possible. Real quick, though, Andy Dalton. If he is on waivers in a super flex league, are you spending every single dollar of your fab to get him? If I don't have a reliable second quarterback, absolutely. Yeah. He is going to be a fringe QB one. Agreed. Just wanted to make sure we were on the same page with that. All right, real quick. Dalvin Cook, uh, groin strain, probably going to miss at least a game or two. We're looking at Alexander Madison and potentially Mike Boone to get some work here in the next week or two. They do have the bye week in two weeks, so... Cook may not miss that much time. And then Deontay Johnson uh, dealing with a back injury should be okay long-term. He might miss a game, but again, not too concerned about him. And then we talked about Julio Jones as well, still battling the hamstring injury. I'm still not convinced he'll be back this week. Uh, So we'll have to wait and see what goes on there with Julio Jones and the Falcons, as we discussed earlier. All right, boys, should we get to some stock up, stock down? Yes, really quick, just because it's arguably the biggest storyline of the week in Dynasty besides Dak. Chase Claypool, can we all uh, agree together that we're throwing some water on that, considering Deontay was out, considering yeah. he, that was out of nowhere? We, we don't think he's a wide receiver one for no. Dynasty or anything close to that. Well, I do think it's an interesting conversation because... Is it too large of a conversation a, the Eagles. to have? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, the, Eagle, the Eagles are terrible. True. So, I mean, 
I can say that with <laughs> full honesty. Uh, and so you need you need to look at it with context. Like like you're saying, Deontay Johnson. This all came when Deontay Johnson yeah. left. Yes. Now, could he still have had a great game with Deontay Johnson in there? Sure. I do think he's going to play a lot more snaps though than what we that what we've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. I think this really hurts James Washington a ton. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's probably the the odd man out. I think Juju's fine. Deontay Johnson when he comes back in is fine. But yes, if Chase Claypool can be uh sold high so to speak after this performance i'm willing to do it uh but i do think he'll have some good good weeks here and there i'm just not sure we're gonna see three touchdowns yeah yeah on a on a given week i mean go to well i i just heard someone at some point say this guy has now established himself as a wide receiver one for this team juju is and deontay will will share for the second and it's like not even close to that i'm not even convinced he's the uh, he that that as the three, he's close to those two as the two. Right. I think he's clearly the three and might be well behind those two as the top two. So now for dynasty, here's an interesting point because we all know that Juju's on the last year of his deal. Hmm. Now, if they're not willing to spend the money on him and they're gonna let him walk after the season and he hits the market as a free agent and hopefully goes to Houston for Deshaun Watson, um, hmm. please, please, please. Um, him or yeah, Allen yeah. Robinson, give and Eric Bieniemy, and Eric Bieniemy. Yep, exactly. The two of Houston. Oh. Here we go. Dream scenario. Um, it's a pipe dream <laughs> for sure. But if they're gonna let him walk, um, and with Claypool having the frame that he does, big dude. What's he six five two thirty four five? Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a big boy, and he can run. Um, he's interesting long term. I'll take it as a. As a, as a rookie, you know, that is clearly flashing a little bit. I'm still not treating him like a wide receiver one by no means, but, and you're not going to buy him this week, but if you already have him on your roster, either try to sell him high or uh, just write it out, see what happens. Chase Claypool or T. Higgins? T. Higgins. I'll take T. Higgins for sure. Same. And I he feel was like. He for us in the pre draft process, yeah. tied to Joe Burrow for at least four yep. or five years. So, yeah, I'll take that for sure. Good. I think that's a, that's a good way to look at it, I think, when you compare across rookies. In the same class, um, but man, did he look yeah, good! Yes. By the way, anyone that called that guy a tight end before, before the <laughs> NFL draft, come on! You hate to see it. Come Shame. on, show that man Shame some respect. On you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, we're going to stock up, stock down. Before we do, I want to remind everyone uh, about the sponsor of the show today. That is Thrive Fantasy. Look, we're thriving over at Ball Blast with these player props. It has been great. Thrive Fantasy is the per- perfect place to combine DFS and prop betting because what you do is you kind of build a lineup around certain props let's say you have um a touchdown total at 0.5 if you think that player's gonna score a touchdown you hit the over and you get a certain number of points if it hits obviously if it doesn't hit you lose the point so you kind of you base it off that you build a lineup around it it's so so much fun and it's a great way to combine those two things so if you're into those types of fantasy sports check it out use the code ball blast when you do minimum 20 dollars deposit you're going to get a free match of 50 dollars when you sign up so please check them out thrivefantasy.com all right john i'm gonna kick it over to you man because i'm so excited to talk about this player stock up for your boy who is it dk metcalf the god the dude is just out of the world right now and listen yes i'm a seahawks homer but this is something that does need to be talked about we discussed it in the preseason i was the highest of the three of us that DK Metcalf has a really good chance of taking over as Russell Wilson's top target this year. I thought it might take him half a season. Apparently, it took him half of the first game. 
because the dude is out of his mind. Now, listen, Lockett does have more receptions and more targets than DK Metcalf does at this point. That is something to be of note. However, Tyler Lockett is averaging 11.4 yards per reception. DK Metcalf is averaging 22.5. It's twice as much. He is the alpha. He is the deep target for the best deep ball thrower in the entire NFL. He has been over 90 yards in every game so far this season, has a touchdown in every game except one, and just posted two. And not only was it two, he was the go-to guy in crunch time when they needed it, driving 95-plus yards in the fourth quarter to go win the game. He was the end zone target to win the game. He is giving me serious vibes. He is the half PPR wide receiver two on the season so far. And I am in love with DK Metcalf. What are the what are these vibes, John? Uh, what vibes is he giving? He's you? giving me like Calvin Johnson vibes. Like the way that he looks on the Whoa. field looks like a truly physical specimen elite. You can't guard him downfield. He threw Stephon Gilmore to the ground like a rag doll on that touchdown he posted on him. Um, the dude is just a physical stud and he's getting better as a polished NFL wide receiver every single week. And Russell Wilson loves him and is targeting him when it matters most and targeting him 20 plus yards down the field. I mean, the, the ceiling is the roof for, for DK Metcalf. It's, it's out of control right now. Um, and I don't think it slows down anytime soon. He looks good. He looks really Really good out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, hey, when Russell Wilson is your quarterback, the answer yes. is yes. You you want these guys. So, I, I mean, his stock is way, way up. I've seen some some chatter up there on Twitter this week saying he's the dynasty wide receiver one. I, I'm not sure I'm willing to go there yet, but I think we have to have the conversation. If you're just thinking top of your head, where would you say Metcalf would rank for you in wide receiver rankings as of week six entering the NFL, week six here? In your ranks, what do you think? Ooh, wee. that is tough. I think I think you have to say that he's cracked the top six or so. Yep, I get that. Um, I don't think there's any way I could say he's number one, although he sure is playing like it. I think probably top uh, around four or five is probably where he might fall for me. If I'm feeling bullish. Yeah. Um, which I currently am. I, like it. I traded for him in a league, and I'm so happy. <laughs> I did all my trading before the season, so I got him cheap. Um, True. <laughs> but for me, DK Metcalf, listen, there's a lot of studs that have been hurt this year. So there's a lot of that recency mm. bias in the eyes of many. And I am a Seahawks fan and a big DK Metcalf truther, but I can't put him as the wide receiver one yet because there's still a handful of guys I think that are all – right there fighting for that same crown. Um, Michael Thomas hasn't been on the field, like, hardly at all this season. Now, one thing that I'm concerned about in terms of Michael Thomas' value is Drew Brees. Is he going around punching people? Oh, that. Um, <laughs> seriously, dude, stop it. Dingus. Get on the field. Um, oh, but I'm concerned that he's tied to Drew Brees, whose arm looks like it's falling off. I'm, mm. I'm getting really concerned about that. So... Remember, we talked about it in the offseason. Now might have been the time to sell Michael Thomas because he was at his absolute ceiling. And because we were entering the last year of Drew Brees, 
Um, I think that might have been the right move when you could get the King's Ransom for him because he doesn't have the same value right now. What? For the record, Mm -hmm. for the record, and I I only even remembered this because I saw a picture on Twitter today of Jameis Winston holding a clipboard with a headset on. They have him there. They can re-sign him if they decide if Drew Brees retires. Spot the lie that Jameis Winston is better for Fantasy. Michael Thomas than even Drew Brees in, when he's playing well. It's true. I mean, we've, we've <laughs> seen Jameis Winston be one of the most productive for his receivers quarterbacks in all of fantasy. If, they were, if he were to get the job in New Orleans, that's pretty nice. It's true but. because of all the turnovers and the YOLO ball and all that fun stuff that he does for fantasy. That's probably good. So I would say maybe it's Michael Thomas is still up there until proven otherwise. Um, Devontae, Devontae Adams. Adams, and then I think it's DK. Agreed. I think it's. I DK think Chris Godwin is probably there, and know. he's also been injured. Like that's that's where it gets tough, though. Like I think it's Devontae is a is a clear yes. two, and then you can start making the case anywhere after that with DK Metcalf because of his youth and being tied to Russell Wilson that he can be in discussion right there right now as an alpha wide receiver one for fantasy football. Crazy. I do think that conversation is very, very fair. I will just say, to pour a little little cold water, Ooh. I don't like to do this because it's not very fun, but we're talking about a five-game sample from this season. And like you guys said, Chris Godwin hasn't been on the field. Uh, Michael Thomas hasn't been on the field. Kenny Galladay has missed time with a hamstring injury. So I'm not saying I wouldn't rank DK Metcalf there. I'm just saying maybe we should say... Eh, Let's see what happens in the next three to four weeks. But regardless, like stock way, way up. I agree. Um, It just looks dominant out there and can't be stopped, even though he can't run a three-cone to save his life. Uh, Low-key not been on the field, (laughs) by the way, is A.J. Brown. Yeah. His former teammate, who we would have all liked around the same or slightly above, except maybe John. um, I I mean, it was close. It was close for me. Like, I had DK above him. We all love A.J. Brown. Yeah. So, yeah, that's another one that could be in there. Yep, for sure. I like that call, but definitely stock up. I also just want to point out a stat that I've referenced on the show and I love. Uh, it's been really predictive of success as young wide receivers in the league, being able to project forward and just be alpha, like straight up alphas in this league. PFF's yards per route run metric is very predictive. It has been shown year after year. It's why we love Terry McLaurin, uh, among other reasons, but one of the reasons. And then here we have DK Metcalf. We're looking at through the season. Wide receivers that have seen at least 30 targets. He is fifth in the league in yards per route run. He's above guys like Calvin Ridley, Adam Thielen, Keenan Allen, Marquise Brown, CeeDee Lamb, Allen Robinson, DJ Moore. I mean, absolute fantastic wide receivers. He's right there at the top. So, yeah, it's it's really exciting, and I'm thrilled to see him with Russ for years to come. So, stock way up. I agree. Okada, before, over to you, man. Who before we is give it to guy? Okada's next guy, I want to say... I would feel very comfortable going and buying Tyler Lockett right now while the hype on DK is absolutely mm. out of this world because Lockett is still getting yeah. a lot of value and is still playing like a back-end wide receiver one. We talked about it in the offseason about teams that could have two wide receiver one finishes, and if they were going to let Russell Wilson get the passing volume that we could see both of them finish as wide receiver ones, I think that that's happening and that Tyler Lockett is the very forgotten man, cheap, going to be a fringe wide receiver one on the season option that you can go yeah, that's a really Love good it. call. And uh, also, before I get to my guy, because now you got me thinking about this, and, and specifically, what calls what 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 comes to my mind is what what we were doing with Lamar Jackson coming into this season. All three of us do not 
overvalue Lamar Jackson. He will not be what he was last year. This And we were just using him as an example of this regression concept that if you're playing like the best player the NFL has ever seen, it's probably going to come down unless you happen to be the best player the NFL has ever seen. Unless DK Metcalf is Calvin Johnson, which is getting more and more <laughs> realistic, he is going to come down a little bit and Tyler Lockett is going to come back up a little bit. And so I think it's a great call. Um, okay, my guy. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it the way I said it in the doc because that's what John did, and I actually <laughs> like that. Justin Herbert is that Let's guy. Go. Holy <laughs> mackerel! If you did not watch the Saints game, you should go watch the Saints game. Also, the last couple games because he's been balling for a while now. But specifically last night, I saw Mahomesian level play from Justin Herbert. The yes, throw was very Mahomesish. His his ropes, like, I, he might have not only the best arm talent in this draft, but the best arm talent in the last few drafts, maybe going back to Mahomes. Mm -hmm. And he can move. And with the decision-making we're seeing is strong and is only going to get better. Uh, listen, here, here's a stat that I put together last night because I was write, or helping write the post-game notes that we do for this uh, for the for the game. He's faced, in his first four games, three former Super Bowl MVPs. In those three games, which, by the way, the first time it's ever happened in the first four starts for a player, that here are his stats. 67.4 completion percentage, 9.4 yards per attempt, eight touchdowns, two picks, 117.3 passer rating. All those numbers are better than those three Super Bowl MVPs yep. combined. Wow. He, he is pushing... Joe Burrow and Tua right now. And Joe Burrow's playing productively, and Tua we haven't seen, but was our favorite coming in as the guy who's going to be the best fantasy quarterback coming out of this draft class. He looks absolutely amazing. His weaponry is great, even though Keenan Allen got hurt. But the, that was early on, and he still had a great game. Three more touchdowns after Keenan Allen went down. And he's what we're seeing from him is incredible play with, not with Mike Williams, but also with complete randos. Guyton? Yep. Like, hello? Who? <laughs> yes. Randos. What do you mean? <laughs> so I am, I don't know how high, like where is the ceiling that we can put on this guy right now that's realistic, but also like realistic from both directions. But he is incredibly uh, impressive. So Yeah, I knew coming out of college because I'm from Oregon, some University of Oregon guy. I've been Indeed. watching the guy for four years. Like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, since he was playing high school ball in Eugene, Oregon, basically in the shadow of their stadium, that this dude was big, was athletic, and had a cannon for an arm. But there were questions about his decision-making. There were questions about his accuracy, leadership. leadership, because he's not a, like, over-the-top, you know, screaming quarterback. You can lead people in multiple ways. He leads them quietly and through effort and through production and by holding people to a good standard. He doesn't have to be on the sidelines screaming to get their their approval. And clearly he's already won that team over with what he's done on the field. But what I saw last night was him taking even more steps forward in his development. By the way, I mentioned it last week. Pep Hamilton, quarterback coach, such a great fit for him and his development. I love that so much. Um, Pep was at Stanford with Andrew Luck as well. And Pep Hamilton is just an awesome dude. What I saw from Herbert last night was him seeing the field, making the right read most of the time. Like he still got away with one that Lattimore should have picked and dropped. 
Um, but most of the time he's making the right read. He's seeing the open guy. I don't care that Mike Williams was wide open on a blown coverage. The throw itself that he put on Mike Will was a cannon, like on a rope mm. downfield to him. Yep, that was it a was missile. <laughs> absolutely launched. Um, I was calling him uh, Howitzer Herbert last year when he was at Oregon, and Howitzer is back and active. Yep. And, uh, man, I yep. love it. I think that he's got all the ceiling in the world in a franchise that has surrounded him with talent. He's in the best position to succeed of any rookie quarterback. He might be the best value in dynasty rookie drafts from last year. Hands down. Period. Yep. Across any position because it was an automatic, all right, to a, all right, Burrow, now what's next? Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, Justin Herbert's like a back yep. end round one type of guy in, in super flex leagues. Yep. And now that just looks foolish. So um, I think my biggest takeaway from this situation is like we need to be, we need to look at these quarterbacks more highly in rookie drafts more than we already do because if they come out and smash, I mean, their value just skyrockets. And with Herbert, we've seen him go from being like a, yeah, maybe he can be a starter in the NFL to like, this is the dude <laughs> moving forward. So, yeah, it's exciting. And certainly any quarterback that can bring my boy, Let's Mike go. Williams, oh. back oh. to just stardom, I will <laughs> love forever. So, um, Mike Williams, my love for you, will never die. Also, it helps <laughs> It helps that he is on the team that is most capable of scoring a lot of points and staying in games and then still <laughs> losing. It's like the ideal yep. situation because like, you had the you had the Blake Bortles garbage, uh, time, garbage right, time situation, which is good for fantasy. But the problem is, shut up, Orm. <laughs> the problem is, <laughs> he doesn't score because his team sucks so bad. But the Chargers manage to score and then still lose and always be right there at the end of the game. So he's just gonna have such great fourth quarters for all of eternity. Apparently, um, yeah. Yep, mm, I love him. It's, it's. The season's exciting. Like just with him there, I'm Everyone. so excited about like the all Chargers. The and as players. you guys know, I was yeah. Not I, I want all the yes. skill players in the Chargers now. When he's yes. in there and Eckler's healthy, Eckler's looking great. Keenan Allen's getting targets like crazy. He's taking the deep shots to Mike Williams. Like everyone there, except maybe Hunter Henry, um, is seeing a really huge boost with Herbert under center. I well, not even under center in shotgun. Uh, I love it. <laughs> Yes, sir. You guys have been so positive on the show. I'm going to be negative. Mm. And I'm going to warn everyone right now, before Sunday, or actually before Monday when they play, you need to trade away Kenny Drake. Yikes. He wow. is still not good this year. We were just and talking about that, buying him last week. Yes, but man, I, I went back, because I before I came on the show and I wanted to give this take... I wanted to make sure my eyes or my, the, the stat line wasn't deceiving and, you know, really he didn't look that good. So I went back this morning mm. and I watched every single snap of that game with NFL Game Pass. Hashtag Shout out to the NFL with Todd's employer. It's not a match, but face. maybe they could be. Mm. Uh, he looked so slow, did not look explosive, couldn't break any tackles. I mean, the stat line looks good and in the fantasy box score, it looks good, right? I mean, what do you give? 18 for 60 and a touchdown. So you're like, oh, yeah, great. But just one catch, like Chase Edmonds is in there on every third down or obvious passing situation. I mean, the guy's averaging last week 3.3 yards per carry. It's so, so bad. Looking at the advanced analytics here with PFF, their elusive rating, they rank these players based off their ability to break tackles and all those sort of things. I mean, he is he's down with guys yeah. like Adrian Peterson, Brian Hill, Devonta Freeman, Jeez. Rex Burkhead, stop, Jamal Williams, stop, Frank Gore, I mean, Benny Snell. Those sound like Jeez, backups. They do sound like backups, don't they? Oh, 
Now, listen, and, and I'm saying this, this statement out there because, you know, everything's with context. So if you're like, if he's your RB3 and you need a volume play in a given week, fine, hold him. But I am looking at this as an opportunity to get out from Kenyon Drake, where previously I was Lower. so in on Kenyon Drake in August. Like, I thought he was coming out and smash, but I don't know. He just doesn't look good, and, and the offense certainly isn't built around him succeeding. He's just been so average, and I don't really want him on my roster. So if, if anyone in my league is looking to buy a running back, I'm selling them Kenyon Drake, and I'm doing it before week six. What are your thoughts? Yeah, if uh, we were kind of saying that he was either a hold or if someone is selling for super, super cheap, you go get him. But that was maybe because he hadn't had a good game. Now that he has had a good game, this might be the ideal time. It wasn't even that so. good. It's like four. But like it, looks it looks good for hey, fantasy like managers. Because of the, the guys who were waiting for him yeah, got Yeah, they points. got, what, 14 yes, to 15 exactly. points out of it? And, yeah. Exactly. And they think, oh, Ooh. that's a nice little high-end RB2 right there. It was against the Jets. Kenyon Drake. <laughs> it was like, they've given oh. up like 30 fantasy points. Revenge yeah. game. Seriously. Stick it to Adam Gase. Screw <laughs> you, Adam Gase. Man. <laughs> Shout out to Adam Gase. Somehow Stand surviving. Somehow <laughs> surviving. Oh. oh, my gosh. Is there a... I can't wait bet, to is there follow this throughout the this? year. Is there is a there? line of weeks for Adam Gase to get fired? There was before the season. No, there was a bet you could make on the first NFL coach to be fired. Okay. He was the odds-on favorite nice, for nice, obvious nice. reasons. I He's mean, holding on, man. Per- story of perseverance. You gotta <laughs> perseverance or ignorance. I, you I gotta mean, love take it. Your pick. I was talking. I was talking to a, a former or a coworker of mine at the NFL, and I was saying. At this point, I'm starting to believe like he's an alien who has some kind of mind control over GMs. I mean, we've seen his eyes. He's got something going on, man. It's not natural. I don't know. (laughs) Not natural at all. All right, boys. That was week five. Let's move on to week six. Uh, John, what are you watching for here this week? What can our listeners be looking for? on Yeah, um, first and foremost, what you can be looking for is uh, Tuesday Night Football tonight when we're recording, which is super bizarre. Um, looking ahead though, because that's going to count in, uh, in this week and we're not going to have Thursday because the bills were supposed to play Thursday and now they're playing last mm-hmm. week's game on a Tuesday. So we have to move the Thursday game out. It's just, you know, 2020 man. Um, but what we can look for, uh, this week going forward, uh, if I can get the show doc to load, which is, uh, struggling a little bit on my computer screen. What's it? Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Spoiler um, alert. So we lost Dak, um, horrific injury, and we hate it. Um, and now they have Andy Dalton in there. And what I really want to see is how he's going to use his wide receivers. We have the three-headed monster with Amari Cooper and uh, Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb. And we were starting to get a decent feel for what that was looking like. C.D. looked like he had a super safe floor in terms of targets. Gallup was going to be a little bit more hit-or-miss deep shot guy. Amari Cooper was doing really great things consistently for the first time, like ever. Um, and now we get to change at quarterback. And how much is this going to change? Who is he going to hone in on? He took a couple of really good shots to Michael Gallup in the final drive of the game. A couple sideline deep shots. Real that looked good. really nice. And it makes you go, oh, yeah, for both. For both like, players. Oh, well, that's interesting. So what I'm looking for is... And it's going to take us probably a few weeks to really get a pulse for what this is going to look like. Um, how is this going to shake out? Are we going to continue to see like more Michael Gallup and less Amari Cooper? Um, is C.D. Lamb going to take a backseat to the two of them? Is he somehow going to make all three super relevant? Um, it's going to be interesting, you know, 
CD Lamb was the the talk of fantasy land last week before the DAC injury as being, you know, basically what they're saying about DK Metcalf this week. This is someone that's a super stud climbing the ranks for dynasty wide receivers. Go buy him when you can. And now we get the injuries. So it's kind of like everyone in terms of Dallas players right now is a hold. It's just like caution sign. Uh, proceed with caution. Let's just see what happens um, before we start making any sort of judgments and, and determining who's a buy and who's a sell and, and what all is happening in that offense. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that shakes out with him under center. They still have a historically bad defense. He's going to have to throw the ball. Um, we'll see what it means for these wide receivers. I like it. I'm very excited to see what happens there too. And I will just say, man, I mean, Michael Gallup, do not forget about Michael Gallup. Those two catches at the end of the game, just like he's such a baller, like still, still so good. So yes, I think the hype is there with CD, but I'm also not forgetting about Michael Gallup. And I think now's the time people are seeing, all right, Dak injury, CD Lamb's the new hotness, Amari's the alpha, like what is Gallup? I think this is the time to pounce and go get him. Um, so I'm intri- intrigued to see what happens there with Andy Dalton. Okada, over to you, man. What are you watching for? Uh, I will tell you in a second after I briefly echo what you were just saying, because I was about to say the exact same thing uh, after John finished. Dak was targeting CeeDee Lamb in a way that is not going to get more uh, focused from Andy Dalton. I don't think there's any way because of how well CeeDee was doing and how much Dak liked him. I'm not saying CD is going to get bad or or even necessarily worse, but I don't think there's any way it gets more. And I think there is a very good chance that Michael Gallup does get more because for some reason he was being criminally underused for the entire season. He is so freaking good. All three of these guys are incredibly yeah. good receivers. And so I think there's a small chance that Andy Dalton maybe recognizes that a little bit more uh, or, or is more willing to throw it deep than Dak was. And so there's a small chance he goes up, and there's almost no chance he goes down. So I think buying him now is a, is a good move. But I am watching a backfield out in the yeah. Los Angeles. It's actually my second Los Angeles backfield to watch this year. I also did, did the Chargers previously. Now I'm doing the Rams. <clears throat> Cam Akers. We saw a incredible wow. run and some usage. Yes. Some usage now that he's back and healthy. And then after the game, we saw some reports and we heard Sean McVay say, straight up, I intend to get Cam Akers more involved. Now, he said about 17 different things about all the running backs on this roster over the past two months. This guy's the starter. This guy's going to get more involved. This guy's doing well. I'm going to try to get him more touches. Now I'm going to get him more touches. It's tough to say. So that's why it's a thing to watch for. And I and it may not be a single week thing. It may be something where you, I'm just going to say it now and you guys have to keep an eye out over the next few weeks to see how things trend. But I do believe strongly that Cam Akers is the best running back in this backfield. And I also know, and I it, I know it was Todd Gurley, so, and he was the best running back in the league, arguably. So it's hard to say, was it because of Gurley or was it because of, of McVay? But for years, Mc, uh, McVay did focus in on one running back in Todd Gurley. I'm not convinced that he is set on doing a committee thing. And I think that he may hone in on Cam Akers if Akers plays really well. So, and if he does, he's going to be an incredible value uh, if if you're if you're able to or looking to get him right now because he's done little to nothing. And he looked really, really, really good on that run. Just throwing that out there. So, 
And I'm a big fan of Cam Akers, so I run. want him to be good. So I'm watching what that backfield looks like probably over the next couple weeks, not just this week, but certainly this week especially. Yeah, definitely a long-term play there with Akers. It just weekly, it's such a volatile situation. They love Michael Brown. They love him. And one week it's going to be Daryl Henderson, the next week it's going to be Akers. But I think we're looking at long-term, can Akers start to slowly chip away and be more and more and more involved? And so, you know, in in fantasy, like, it's such a lazy analysis to look back on what just happened and be like, oh, yeah, go, go do that. Well, you know, you need to be forward thinking. And so, like we've been saying, Akers is still probably the most talented back in the backfield. We're trusting Sean McVay to potentially make the right decision. We'll see. Uh, and if he does, now's the time to get him. So I think that's a good call to watch for this week. I'm going to talk about a player, boys, that's just off the radar. Like, no one really cares about this player right now. But I absolutely love Irv Smith. Yes! And I think he is a player to watch this week, Big Irv, because we saw something change last week. Not granted. Seattle's secondary, John, I love you, but Ooh. I have to say this. No, it's fine. It's not good. It's <laughs> torched. I know. Left and right. So when I say that Irv Smith had his best game of the year against Seattle, I'm not too surprised. But it really is the snap counts that are intriguing for me when you look at the, the amount of snaps that he's playing. So uh, last week, 68% of the snaps was the high of the season. Meanwhile, Kyle Rudolph's snaps aren't changing. So it's not like they're saying, okay, Kyle Rudolph, you get out, Irv Smith, you get in. They're saying we need Irv Smith to make plays for this offense. And that to me is really intriguing. Now, is he going to be in line with the first or second in target share? No, of course not. It's, it's Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, and those dudes are balling. But I still think Irv Smith, to me, is a screaming, screaming buy in Dynasty because he's extremely athletic. He's a great pass-catching tight end. And you look at when he gets the ball in, in space, he's electric. He's kind of like a yep. – he reminds me of like a Jonu Smith with the ball in his hands. Really, really good after the catch and can make plays. So I'm intrigued to see what happens this week. He gets the Falcons, guys. The Falcons defense. I think this is the time if you're like, man, Irv Smith could blow up this year. This is when you got to go get him because I think this week he's going to come out, find the end zone, <laughs> put up like 400 yards receiving. Probably yeah, like I mean, this is one of those guys that uh, I was talking <laughs> about a lot in the offseason when we were talking about draft prep and how we really enjoy filling the back of those dynasty startups with young tight ends that could pop. Irv Smith was one of those guys. He's on like probably 70% of my dynasty rosters. Like he's just sitting there chilling waiting to, to be a thing because I do believe in the athleticism and I think that he's going to pop at some point. Um, and it was very encouraging to see him and Kyle Rudolph on the field at the same time. Like that was very interesting. Use Kyle Rudolph as your blocking tight end and go ahead and put Kyle Rudolph out there a little bit, put him in the slot, let him, let him go to work. So uh, I agree. I think that Irv is, is a great buy. And I think that you got to do it now um, if you want to have him, going forward because that Falcons defense is awful. Not good. Um, Not and good. coming off the firing of the coach. Not and good. the <laughs> defensive coordinator was promoted to be the interim head coach there. Um, you know, there's just a whole lot of shuffling going on in Atlanta. Um, they just gave up a touchdown to Hunter Henry last night. So we'll see. <clears throat> we We'll see. Uh, fellas, week six is here. Listeners, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, please, please, please drop a rating and review in your podcast app. It helps us out more than you know. 
Um, and, and I know that if you're watching on YouTube, you might feel reluctant to give it a like or a subscribe, Seriously. given that Okada doesn't have a mustache <laughs> anymore. But please help us out. <laughs> no, but all no, you guys. Great show. We're back next week. Uh, follow us on Twitter at RetrodsFFPod. You can find me at the Fantasy PT. Okada is at Matt Okada. John is at Dynasty Beard. Don't forget to check out BallBlastFootball.com. And until next time, you're the Richards. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod. And check out BallBlastFootball.com for all things fantasy football.